I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined, as ever, by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, quite the US Open we had, huh? It is. I mean, I was nowhere near uh, in the end in terms of betting. I thought Bryson and Victor might get me some places, but certainly not the uh, certainly not the, the big up I gave them on the podcast. Um, but a couple of like a couple of people snuck through the cut, but like in sort of low values that I quite liked and that was quite nice to point those out and you obviously went reasonably close with Scotty Sheffer at the end. Yeah I don't think I would have done anything differently my bets were pretty much um, Scotty and Bryson and you know if Scotty finished third Bryson finished in the top 20 I was never going to get to Wyndham Clark I know some people like him but me typically I don't bet long shots to win the US Re- Open and that's like retroactive like retrospectively it was actually really obvious because he yeah. played because he played really well after that uh, the win like well so I then play well again it's just the fact that how do you expect someone to go well, I think his best finish in the major before that was 75th and then he suddenly wins one like it's it's really hard to envisage I guess yeah and then also taking accountability here I didn't think he was going to win I thought he was going to blow it uh, and I to be fair I I think he tried to blow it a little bit he bogeyed two of the easier holes in the course. Um, bogey twice in the back nine and then 18 i mean and say what you want about the course i know some people some purists or whatever like the course i don't think it was great for us open i don't want i mean he, he sliced that drive right that that drive looked exactly the same as mito Pereira's drive at the pj championship um but it finds a fairway because that's an 18th finishing hole on a us open you can spray your drive that far and still hit the edge of the fairway just, just doesn't seem right to me um i thought rory's gonna pull it off he didn't, uh, is what it is. I wasn't as concerned about the course, just because, like, I, in the end, I think the best players got rewarded overall. Like, if you got someone that was playing really, really well that finished 30th because, like, there was just some weird pins or whatever, I'd be concerned. But, like, Rory was, you know, ball striking was great. You know, Wyndham Clark, for the most part, was really good. Ricky, Scotty, like, I think the right people were up there. It just... Obviously, the final hole wasn't great, but I didn't think I thought the rest of the course gave me some challenges. I, I just thought, and I think people would change their mind completely about the course. I'm not, I'm not saying you would. I think you know you generally stick to your opinion, but like I think a lot of people would have changed their opinion on it had Rory have stuck it to like three feet on 18. Everyone would have gone, what a finishing hole. Yeah, I, I I don't maybe I just don't see how that anyone could think that was a good hole. I mean, the hole was awful. The fairway's so wide, and then there was no real way to stick a shot that much there we started a couple times but it was like basically a hole where no matter how bad the tee shot is it's going to be in the fairway then you're going to have a long approach shot you're going to be 20 30 feet and two foot two putt that's what pretty much everybody did but but there was in in the coverage earlier i meant them taking this as like a group of like 16 17 18 like they were saying how hard 16 17 18 going to play but like all you saw from the early group was people making putts on there it's like it like they were scorable so 18 I, I definitely understand it was a pretty lackluster hole and i just think sometimes you have weak links at course and unfortunately it wasn't hidden on like the seventh hole it was the final hole but um i think the problem has happened way before that for you know Wyndham clark not having to do anything else other than slicing a drive 50 yards and then you know two plus yeah i, I don't know overall i i didn't find it to be that great of a major or a u.s open i thought it was pretty lackluster i thought it was um not that exciting i just wasn't into it um it was I tough for us to stay up until 3.30 in the morning to watch basically the same person lead all the way over the back nine and not really be pressed. That was that was the thing for me. But it, but that's the Pete. That's that's Scotty not playing well enough. That's Rory not playing well enough. That's Ricky fading. Like that's I don't. That's not the course, is it? That's the three three main players shoots. Even Xander four like just really shit in the bed. Yeah, and to be fair, I said I didn't think Wyndham could win, but I also said I didn't think that Ricky could win. Uh, I thought it was going to be Scotty or Rory and Rory. I mean, people are going to spin it any way they want to spin it. But in my opinion, he choked it. And I was rooting for Rory. Um, I, as much as I have just liked some things he said and that I've thought he sounded a bit hypocritical at times, 
I am a fan of his career, and I do think it's good for golf if he wins one. I do think he deserves to win another one based on how good he's been over the past decade. Um, I w- I wanted him to win. I And I thought what he did on 14 was what cost him a major championship. I mean, you want to win a major, it's been nine years. Don't tell me even par is good enough at LA Country Club. It isn't. Don't tell me you can bogey a 14 par. 14th the par five have a wedge green light special and, and miss it and tell me he didn't choke he did but but it all comes down to the fact that, that that wedge play has been his you know nemesis for the whole season right like and and it like that was the first time he seemed to try and get aggressive with a shot on you know throughout the rest of it he was because everyone was saying oh if he just had a passing stroke he would have won but he wasn't really ever giving himself great chances like he like the strokes going look really bad because he missed one from four feet and from nine feet but like I think the closest half that you got was like 12 feet. You know, you make one birdie on the first hole and never really have a, a legitimate chance ever again for the rest of the round to make birdie. That's a problem. It's not, it's not your putter. You, you haven't been good enough with your approaches. I know it like the stats suggest that he has been, but that's because I know you can't just fire at flags. And, and that was the thing. Like everyone kind of said that the US Open was dead at 36 holes because you were just firing at pins, and that wasn't the case. This, you know, over the final 36 holes, was it? So uh, I'm caught in two minds. With, you know, it was a, a solid performance, but I just felt like every time they're like, oh, you know, if he just got the putter on, I was like, well, it wasn't. He wasn't close enough to to say that. Like it, it was overall not quite good enough. And if you look at the five times he's been in contention for a major since he last won one, he's not been good enough on any of the days. He's only broken 70 once, and that moved him back a spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, end of the day, I mean, you, if he's been winning majors in the last 10 years and he had a lackluster round four and shot 70 and kind of was there, like, that's one thing. But the fact that he needed this major so bad that he hasn't won one, I just think he needed to be a little more aggressive. Um, and, you know, a big thing, too, people are going to say the wedge shot in 14 killed him, and it did. But he's the best driver in the world. He hit it 20 yards left of the fairway on a on on 14. And then if you do that, now you can't go forward in two. You saw this the stats they put on the on the screen of the guys who went forward in two birdie rate as to the guys who laid up. Um, I think the average is over par for players who who laid up. Didn't they say he did that on purpose though? He he did it on purpose. Apparently, was was it that hole? Apparently, like he missed the fairway to the left and played out the wrong fairway, and they said that was on. I can't remember which. It was too early in the morning for me to. No, that was, was 16. That? When, 16. Uh, that was when Azinger said he's ne- no other player alive could hit that shot over the trees <laughs> under the green. But like, like I just I just find it so hard to get behind it when it just like he looks like he's trying to win his first major. I, I think he looks like a player that was trying to win his first major. And that, that's like if he was at 29 and never won a major, we wouldn't be having the same conversations. We're setting a standard because he's already won four of them, five of them, whatever it is that he's done. I mean, Mickelson didn't win his first major until 34 and then won six. So when we talk, like, I've spoken a lot about this over the last kind of week or so, like Cantley and Xander and Fina and all these people that we're going to give up on too early, like give them time. But Rory almost feels like he's he's in that stage when actually he's already won four or five of them. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, I don't know what he has to change about his approach, but he needs to change something. I think, I don't know whether it's a caddy or, I don't know. I just think he needs to do something. And and again, I mean, I think it's getting down to crunch time for him. I don't think it's he's not going to win one. I don't think he's ever going to win a Masters. I do think he, um, you know, next two spots, Valhalla and, or, or Royal Liverpool, um, uh, and then Valhalla, you know, Masters in between. But, I mean, if he's going to win one, it's going to be one of those. Yeah, I, I think he wins one. And I think that the the caddy change is going to be the obvious suggestion that people make. I don't think it matters because I don't think he listens to his caddy, so it doesn't really matter who his caddy is. Um, I think he just likes to have a caddy who will put up with that. And he's got the perfect one. It's his mate, and I think he has helped him in the past. I just... Uh, just doesn't look I mean he's not even winning regular events as much as he should do I know he had a you know good season last season but like it's he's not been good this year I don't think like ever in the final round so even in his win earlier in the season in Europe it wasn't that convincing Reed almost caught him so it's yeah I don't know I hate being I hate being negative about someone I do actually like but it's so hard not to be at the moment 
Like he's just he's just not been good enough. It, if you can't beat Wyndham Clark and no disrespect to Wyndham Clark, if you can't beat Wyndham Clark who's chasing his first major and only won for the first time this season in a major, you don't probably deserve to win it. Is and I, this is a separate point, but is golf the only sport where, as people like you and I who analyze the game, you aren't allowed to be critical of people with like. So say if uh, the second best player in the world in the NBA gets bounced from the first round of the playoffs five years in a row on Monday, every sports radio show is ripping that player saying they can't come up in good moments and in big moments. You do that in golf. The response everyone says is golf is hard. Oh, what's your handicap? Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Can you beat the, the best players in the world? No. Like, but I, I just think the, the, just the whole world in general of golf is just so soft in terms of criticism. Yeah, it's golf is hard, but they get he's made what close to a billion dollars in in, in golf. He, he can be criticized. Yeah, and, and like, but I think he like I'm sure he's critical of himself. Like I'm sure he sits there going like I was actually shit. Like I've croaked this, and you could hear it in his voice when he was like, "When I next win one of these, uh, you know, like." And he's sitting there saying that he's not playing well enough. And yet it's everyone that's saying he is, he is, he is, he's just a passing. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. Like, or it's, if it's not just a passing, it's, oh, it's just his wedge game. If you can dial it, but you can't just have one facet of your game missing. And he had two missing in the end. I I, I, uh, I think people are coming around to it now and are being a bit more critical of him, but not in mainstream. Like, I think if you're going on, like, golf Twitter, I think even the people that have you know, sort of ridden with him for so long are, are, are starting to be a bit critical of him because they can't do anything else. And this is because, like, you've only really had St. Andrews and yesterday where he really felt like he should win. Like, other than that, you've had the Masters and you've had a couple of US Opens where he's been within three going into the final round, but he never felt like he was going to be the one that won it. So it's because those two are in the spotlight that people are going, all right, yeah, no, there is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think is what it is. He should have won this one. He should have won at St. Andrews. He's, I mean, he should have won both of those tournaments, and he didn't. So, any let, let's. I mean, the first positive has been Wyndham Clark. What a what a turnaround in his career. Just suddenly, you know, dialed him of his approaches. However, he's done it great. Um, that's been a difference. He's always been decently good off the tee. He's always been a strong putter. So he found the most important part of his game, and now he's firing and he's winning tournaments. That was great. Um, any surprises for you? Um. Max Homa missing the cut was not surprising. Uh, if you know me well enough to know that, um, a little surprised the way Scotty performed uh, over the weekend when I really thought he, he had a chance to kind of take control of the tournament. He was so bad early. Like if it, yeah, if it was just his putting, then you'd go, okay, well, fair enough. It like was putting, just not, but it wasn't. And like I was very much one of those people, that like, oh, if he puts well, he's going to win, and churn that narrative out. <laughs> it's not true. Like it, like. That was he was actually okay with the putter. It was just he was terrible off the tee for a little period there. So uh, I, I thought that the hardest one for me to watch was Fowler, really choking it away. But it felt like that was two or three rounds coming. Like it, it felt like he had a really good strong round. It was really hard for him. Mean, it's hard to follow up a 62 in any tournament. Following up in a major is ridiculous. So um, him and Shoffley falling away, no great surprise. Shoffley is going to have another top 10 to his US Open uh, thing. I guess Rahm shooting a final round five under and getting a top 10 after never really being at the races uh, was, was kind of surprising. And I think the one, the one that I was really surprised about, I thought Victor was disappointing and I thought Brooks was pretty, I know you called Brooks, I think, but like Victor, I was really surprised about. And then it turned out he didn't like the course, but I think everyone said that. Yeah. Um, I was somewhat surprised. I thought winning Memorial, then going with the U S open and back to back starts was going to be pretty difficult. And I know a lot of people liked him, but I, that kind of turned me off a little bit. Um, he did basically what I expect him to do. Brooks did what I expect him to do. I wasn't high on Brooks this uh, this week at all. Um, Tommy, I, I thought that the Hovland would do what Cam Smith did. If if he didn't win, which I thought he was going to, it would be what him or Min Lee or someone it was always around and any at any point could have gotten a bit of a birdie train. But he didn't. He just never got going. He had a couple. Him and Bryson both had really good opportunities at one point to be like three, four. I mean, Bryson was six under par at one point. In, on yes. Saturday, I mean, yeah. like that was the toughest one for me personally to watch was just him falling apart. Um, I don't really know what happened. But. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Tommy was great once again. He's been playing really, really well in the majors. It's great to see. Um, and how about uh, 
Cam Smith, I mean, he just so there's like I don't think there's anyone I enjoy watching more than him. It, he was he it was weird. It was almost like the course set up perfectly for him because you could be a bit part of the team, and it also set up like US Opens just don't set up very well for him. So it's almost like that was the best he could achieve. I think. I think he needs a course where he can just take on. Like I think Hoylake's better for him, and I actually think he's got a really live chance of winning there. Um, I think for the next decade, he's going to be really tough to beat in Open Championships. Essentially, and and the other person I caught, like I really found myself watching a lot of yesterday. It didn't turn out as good as I thought it would in the end, but DJ finally showed up this week, which you said he might do. Um, I thought that was really important because he's not been very good for a while in majors. Yeah, no, I thought that was good to see. Um, you know, bouncing back after that quad on two on on Saturday was, I thought, or Friday. I thought that was really, really impressive. Um, and it was good to see. Sunday, he couldn't buy a putt. But overall, nice top 10 for him. Um, he was, I believe, in the mix at Hoylake in 2015 um, for a bit. 2014, wasn't it, Hoylake? Yeah, 2014. Um, um, he, he was definitely because I sat in, like, there was a par three out by the water. I can't remember which hole it is. It's on the back nine. And you just get peppered by balls because they just smash it into the grandstand. And I'm pretty sure he must have done one at some point. Uh, he was second after round two and third after round three. But he was seven shots back going into the final day. So everyone was like Ricky was six shots back of Rory. So no one was really in contention on Sunday. Um that is only because Ricky and Sergio both shot good rounds on Sunday. They kind of ended up closer than it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I did play Sergio. I thought he was pretty um, impressive. At, he was. He, he uh, you know, made the cut, played pretty well. And then uh, I played Puig at 6,500, who made the cut and had a shot four under on Sunday, which which helped out the DraftKings lineup. So a couple of good plays there. Um, didn't play Wyndham, didn't really play Rory. So uh, didn't do great, but I did all right. Yeah, I didn't do great. But, like, I was pretty pleased that just, like, Podry got through and, and yep. people like that. Like that was that was kind of the thing for me. Uh, Denny played pretty well, twentieth uh, in you know in terms of his you know, price. Guess that was it. I think that that was kind of everything I, I really took away from there. Uh, no, otherwise I don't think there was any really great surprises. Uh, you know, uh, Mito I thought probably should have made the cut. That was disappointing. Uh, Rose was obviously disappointing, but he had to really rally back from a terrible opening round. Homer, like you said, I kind of forecast it was going to happen. Scott missing the cut was maybe a bit of a surprise. Uh, Sung JM for some would have been a surprise. I know I said I didn't like him, so it doesn't really bother me. Um, and then I guess like this is the great question: what odds and what price would Justin? This, let's go into Travis now. What price and odds, so betting and DK, would Justin Thomas have to be for you to play him this week? Um, I mean. If like realistically, like I, I could literally just sit there and say like he, he'd be six k and like put him in the lineup. Like, but like what, what is the risk and reward of playing Justin Thomas this week? What's the number? I mean, I think if you're gonna bet him, it's already in that price where whatever it's 80, 70, 60, 50 for a guy. Like, it doesn't matter. If you want to bet him at these prices, you bet him at these prices. I'm not gonna do it. No, I can't. I can't do it. Like he's actually, I think he's legitimately injured. I think there's there's rumors about his hip and things like that and. Um, I mean, he's only 40 to one. I don't really understand that. Let's go into the like the people that we actually do think can win. I think that was just a little bit of a drive by on Justin Thomas there. I just I just felt like it, there was a lot of comments about his price last week, and I just felt like it was probably worth mentioning. Um, Scotty Scheffler is 11-3, Rory McIlroy 10-9, John Rahm 10-8, Xander Scheffler 10-4, Patrick Cantlay 10-2. That's your players above 10. I could just. I made a lineup earlier with Shuffle and Cantley leading one two, and I'm pretty happy to potentially do that. Yeah, we talked a lot about this last major uh, when Heritage right after. We both run Fitz that one, right? You run Fitz, yeah, too, right? Yeah. Um, I think I. So I'm looking at this a little similar similarly because I want players who the elite versions of of players who fit the course, just like we said Fitz was for the Heritage. Um, so for me, that's Cantlay. Uh, and we also are looking for players who played decently last week, but weren't too much in the thick of it. Um, so for me, Xander coming off, he's the defending champion, and he was in the mix deep into it the other day. I'm going to be out on him. 
Um, the only guy I'm, I'm going to be playing from this range is Cantlay. I think we do see a leaderboard similar to what we saw at Heritage. Um, and these top three haven't, I mean, they've been okay. Rory's been okay here. Uh, but even Rory said he's focused on the open now and he's, he wouldn't, he would not be here if he didn't have to be. No, neither though. None of those three would be. I don't, a Scheffler, a guy that maybe plays this event, but like, I, I think it was like 11th last year, maybe. Yeah. Like I, I I'm not interested in any of those three. I mean, Ram look can go and win it based on what he did in the final round, but I, I actually think Xander could do it. I think he wasn't, I think he was out of the running pretty quickly, which almost benefits him to this week. Um, he's obviously the defending champion, whether that means anything now, but I, I just think for someone like Shoffley, like winning an elevated event is almost vindication for him enough that it gives him the motivation he needs to, like if he was coming to the Travellers after winning, after blowing the US Open, then maybe it's a bit different, but you know, this is a guy who's 14th from his debut, he missed the cut the second year, but he's actually 23rd after round one, then went 20th and first, and the 20th was when he was fourth at the halfway stage. So he's basically always been in the mix at the Travellers, and I just feel like you can realistically start with him and Cantlay this week if you want to. Um, so I think that's an option. Or you, you if you want to skip Shoffley and just start with Cantlay, I feel like you go down to your, you know, Morikawa's and Fleetwoods if you believe Morikawa's fit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, what I will be doing. I'll be playing just Cantley from 10k and above. Let's go into that top of that 9k range then. I don't know what to do with with Hovland. I, I don't just want to keep following off a cliff. I think I might just steer clear and just see what he does until the Open now. And if he wins again in between, then so be it. I mean, he was 11th on his second start here in 2019, I think it was, 2020. Maybe that was the COVID year when it was a slightly different, different time of year. Um, but he was second after round one, then finished 11th. I just, I just think probably Hovland needs a little bit of a breather, needs to get over that Memorial win. Um, so then the question really is on Morikawa, who, I mean, he really surprised me because I thought he was just going to miss the cut, and he almost did, but then he just rallied really well um, over the weekend. Yeah, so uh, on my other podcast, I just did my partner, uh, was really high on him, um i just for some reason i can't see it really i know he should be a fit on this golf course i just i'm just out on him right now i mean he look he was sixth going into the weekend on his debut here which was a little while ago now um 2019 then he missed the cut the following year and it hasn't played it since i don't know if that speaks enough volumes to itself that he knows that this is kind of too many birdies too many putts to make to to really warrant it i i just i guess that he's the play if you're looking to partner him up with someone unless you believe completely in tommy fleetwood which to be honest like it's very difficult not to at this point yeah i would just much rather play tommy than colin i mean if if you're looking at resume majors one and stuff yeah colin's better but this season it just tommy's been a far superior player I liked what he did yesterday going low. He gained 8.2 in approach for the week, which I think was probably second or third for approach. Um, how second much, the how much of that was yesterday, though? Um, I can find out right now. But I think just in general, I mean, this is a pretty good golf course for him. Um, he's been okay here. I think he has like an 18th or something. Is that right? He's like a 13th, I think. I think he's even better than, than yeah, 13th on his debut where he was sixth going into the final round, then 46th last year, but he was actually 24th after round two, he shot 66 on Friday. Um, he gained four strokes on, on Saturday, in a pro, on Sunday on approach. So it's pretty mm-hmm. balanced because he gained like eight on the course of the week. I just think that, didn't he hit like, wasn't there the big joke that he kind of hit uh, a wood out of the rough when he should have done it on the Sunday Canadian Open did it yesterday? Uh, yeah. <sighs> I just hate these kind of full storms with Tommy Fleetwood. Where it's like, oh, look, he shot a 63 in the major and it meant absolutely fucking nothing. Like, I know he obviously finished top five and it's just a continuation of form, but he's not shooting a 63 on Sunday if he's in the mix. So it doesn't really, does it, like, what does it mean? I don't know. Like, could he have shot 67 if he was in the mix yesterday? Probably not. That, that's what concerns me. So, like, could he be off the pace on Sunday and shoot a 63 again and then win it that way? Possibly. I, I just... The win equity worries me with Fleetwood still. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And if you look at it, I mean, how many times do we, his chance to win was at the Canadian Open, and he yeah. he should have he should have won. And now does he just go low on Sunday at the U.S. Open and just win again the next week? I I agree with that. It's kind of difficult to see. I was interested actually in the thirty-five to one when it came out. It seems like it's 
gotten beat down now to 22 to one, which is crazy, which I would, ne- you know, which is a horrible bet. Um, but I think just in terms of playing well, making birdies at his price, if he doesn't get too popular, you know, one of the um, downfalls of doing the show now is we don't know if he's going to be too popular. If he gets yeah. crazy out of control, I probably won't play him. But for now, I, I like him better than Morikawa. Look, in terms of actual, like, who do I believe can play well and who will I be trying to force into lineups with Cantlay's or Shoffley's, whatever I decide to do, he is probably the second main target. Like, if as you say, if ownership gets out of control, gets out of control, you just don't, you just leave it and pivot off. Who do you pivot off to if you do that? Um, and I want to say this too. I'm going to be at the tournament this weekend. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I mean, I got to have a guy in the mix over the weekend and I'd love to have it be Tommy to follow him around um, a, a player like that. So that may, I don't know if that's going to factor into my decision. It usually doesn't. But um, other than that, Ricky, I mean, I I think there's too much of a disappointment. Um, Fitz. It, it feels, I think with Fowler though, it feels like it would feel very Fowler to just go and win it. Like he's, he's riding the kind of confidence wave. He's wide. He, it doesn't matter anymore. Really. He's got that confidence back. It's going to be that Jason Day win that he deserves after Jason Day didn't win like the Masters or whatever it was, you know, like, and didn't do anything at the PGA. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it could be like that. It's just the only thing was with Ricky. He's only played this a handful of times. He's had two 13ths and three missed cuts. So it just depends whether he actually likes his golf course or not. Yeah, it's tough to tell because he was so bad during that stretch when he wasn't playing well here. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a no for me. He's going to be a no for me. I'm playing Hideki. Um, I know I say that every week, but lately it's actually been panning out saying that every week. Led the field and approach last week. I just bet a 65 on FanDuel. I don't know if he can win. I don't know if he's held. I don't know any of this stuff. All I know is he led the field and approach at the U.S. Open. He's 65 to 1. Like, I'm just going to bet it. I don't care. Probably better bet than a DraftKings play. But I don't know. DraftKings-wise, he's been pretty good. He made a lot of birdies uh, for the U.S. Open. He wasn't a great play, but he was okay. 16th at Memorial. He's, he's playing fine. Um, he hasn't played this event, which... Makes me wonder if he likes it or not. Well, you just you just don't know, do you? Like if he played it like once and never came back, you just say he looks at it and goes like he absolutely hates it. But the fact that he's never played it just means it's never been on his radar to play it like after the US Open, which makes sense. He probably just wants to have a bit of a travel week or whatever. Is there a course that you would comp this to? I like Heritage as a comp a little bit. Um, I know the course doesn't look as similar, but they're both pretty short, and you've had a lot of leaderboard crossover. You've had. Um, and Karis English crossover, Chez crossover. Um, who else? Cantlay. Sink has Sink won both events. Sink's won yeah. Travelers twice and Heritage three times. Yep. Um, Spieth. Spieth won both. Like yeah. Chez has been really good at both. Um, and that, and that points to a play I have down the board that I bet this morning. One of my favorite plays of the week that I absolutely love. Um, I'll get I'll get them there when we get there. But uh, yeah, so I think that's the one course I guess I would look at. Yeah, I just Wyndham, like, is it, is, yeah, wind. I thought Wyndham, like he's going to factor into this one I'm going to talk about in a minute. And like, there's got to be a little bit of crossover with like Sawgrass, right? Just being a Pete Dye. Pete Dye, similar length. So that kind of brings in the, you know, Hideki's played well there in the past, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. He hasn't won it, but like I feel like he didn't he shoot the 63 before it all got blown off the course. So yeah, I think there's there's a couple of courses there that I like. Um, do you I think, think like in terms of and this is a different question, not DraftKings related, but do yeah. you think like odds wise when this you see a guy like Hideki drop down to 65 to one, does that mean? They're telling you they know something we don't know, and he has no chance of winning. No, they 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 just they know it's a popular player that they can probably take a risk on because he's got injury problems. Like it's very easy to bait people into Justin Thomas because he's genuinely playing shit. So let's try and bait him. Like they do it with Morikawa a lot as well because there's just such a like factor. Like his passing is just such a, a debilitating factor. Like they can't take those kind of risks with Rory and people like that. But like these other guys that just don't, they can't hang around if one game's one factor's missing. And like with Hideki, I think it's just like, well, you know, he's never played it before. He's, he's like, as much as he's striking the ball well, he's not actually really putting in top finishes. Like, what's his best finish of the season? Fifth at the players. That's what we just mentioned, the players. Yeah. Um, ninth at Tory Vine. So, 
they're probably thinking the best case scenario is that he finishes like 18th or something. They've just taken a load of cash on someone that they weren't really worried about. I guess is, I mean, I'd like to think that there's actually more to it and that they do know something, but I would just take the money, I guess. Well, I hope not because I bet it. Yeah, let's see. I, I, I think there's, I think it's just a case. It's very easy to fade Hideki at the moment, and but it's also very easy to bet him at a big price. Like I think he's a better bet than a DraftKings play. Yeah, absolutely. Again. But I'll be doing both. But that's just what I do. Yeah, you do like to do that. Um, <laughs> Cigar, let's run it back. Um, people have been really keen to play him in spots that I didn't think were good for him and then like I didn't think US Open was good for him and he finished 27th I didn't think the Canadian Open was good for him and finished 38th so now I think we know this is a good spot for him like is, it, is he the one to play it feels too easy I, it, but I feel like sometimes we run away sometimes we run away from that that's that's basically yeah. my my whole card from here on out after I've mentioned the gala is it's all too easy so this is it shouldn't be a good fit for him like he but played well he, at Heritage this year. That shouldn't be a good fit either. Yeah, um, but maybe it's just this guy to just just birdie first suit him. He can get hot on a. He's not afraid to just put bats back putts together. He likes the wedge play. Like I know he sprays it a little bit, but it doesn't really matter. I don't consider this place a birdie fest. That's another thing. Um, you don't? No, no. Uh, there's never like, been a winner over. There's never been a twenty under winner. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it depends what you define as a birdie fest. There's, there's been eight. There's been eight. There's been a 20 under winner, hasn't it? Not Freddie Anderson was 20. Like, Kenny Perry got over 20. He was 22. He was the record. But in recent years, it's been 19, 13, 19, 17, 17, 12. I think, I mean, I don't know what happened in those years where Spieth won at 12 under and Harris English at 13 under via playoffs. Like, I don't, I don't remember them. Was there um, weather? I think it was the weather wasn't the best, but I think it was okay. It's a lot of risk-reward holes here. There is some trouble you get into. There's some water you can find. Um, 16, 17, 18, all average over par. Uh, so it's a tough finishing stretch. I think it's more like there's, I guess when they call it birdie fest, like there's a potential for eagles and birdies. There's also a potential for double bogeys. Like I don't think it's a course where like bogeys come into a play an awful lot. Like it's almost like if you're parring, you're losing out. Like they are your bogeys. And then if you double bogeys, horrendous. Um, yeah, you can go low. I mean, obviously, Furyk's at a 58 here, so that's what I mean. Like, like Ches was six clear the year he won going into the final round. So I feel like you can just tear it apart. Yeah, I was on Keegan that year, and he he gave him a run on Sunday, but Ches yeah, was, it was still feet. four shots, wasn't it? But like, I think he tried to lose it a bit like a Wyndham class there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, other than that, not in on Homer, not really in on Fitz, Thomas, Im. Matsuyama, Cam Young. Cam Young's the easiest fade in the entire world, by the way. If he wins them, so be it. Um, go on. So, Sungjae. I don't love him, but could this be a zig when even, everybody zags? No, I don't even like him, let alone love him. I don't either, but everyone wants to play him every week. He's, he's been terrible every week, and now there's a place where it is Pete Dye. He's one of the best Pete Dye players um, on tour, even though he, he hasn't been good here yet. Yeah. Couldn't this be like a little zig when everyone else zags spot? Maybe, but I think I would rather do that with, like, is there potential for to do that with, like, a homer who's, like, missed the cut for everyone last week and he's got, like, four missed cuts here? Like, is he is he just such a far superior golfer now that this course... Because I feel like anyone could just play this course well at some point. Like, it's, it's, it's not... It doesn't rule anybody out, does it? Like, it's not like if you're wild off the tee, you're done type thing. I think if I was just if I was looking for a Pete Dye specialist, I would just go and see with Kim rather than Sungjae. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, it wouldn't be homework for me. Another kind of interesting thing, and this is another one that's really really uh, tough to actually do, but Jason Day has been great here. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm just done with my experiment on Jason Day. Could he go win, miscut, 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 win? Yeah, of course he could. You like. Could? Yeah, I think so, but I'm not gonna worry about whether it happens or not. Like, I'm just gonna let it happen if it does. I I actually like Jason Day, so if it just happens, I can just enjoy it. Um, I can't, I can't. Do it. I mean, maybe I, for I, DraftKings it's better. Like, this is probably one of those like the opposite of um the betting, right? Like in terms of what we said earlier. Who did we say it about? 
Um, who would you be saying about? Who are you going to bet? Hideki, yeah. Like, I feel like it's the opposite. I almost feel like I don't want to bet him at the number, but he's probably worth putting a draft in his lineup 8-4. Well, that's what I mean with Day and, and Sungjae. Like, if nobody plays them, they should be good course fits. Day is a good course fit. He plays great here. I, I remember following him around. I was betting matchups against him because I thought he was just so bad, and he kept uh, kept winning because then you look at his history. He's, he's played really well here, so even when he was in bad form. So I think that's possible. Um, two contrarian plays right there. But I think both the guy that both of us actually like, and we're not going to be alone on this, is Tom Kim. Yeah, so Tom Kim's going to be popular betting-wise, DraftKings wise but I think it's for good reason I I was I was almost out on him I think we've had it a couple of times where it just feels like he's basically gone at the game but I don't know if it's just a lot of courses I think we forget that he probably played quite a sporadic schedule last year and then came to the ones that suited him the best because he was kind of frittering between the two tours whereas this year he's had to play everything and maybe he's just not good enough to play like he doesn't fit all these kind of longer memorials and those sort of things um so now you look at it he was fourth best in the field yesterday in approach or over the week in approach, uh, 7.7 strokes gained. He was also 23rd at the Wells Fargo, despite the fact he was actually terrible um, with his short game, which led to him to miss the cuts before that as well. We talked about Wyndham and then the Scottish Open is something that seems to like flag up based on like Xander and Cantlay and Spieth. I mean, again, it could just be that they're just the best players in the world and they've gone and torn up the Scottish Open. But if there is anything, then he's first and third in those two events. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing that people kind of lose sight of is he really is short off the tee, like really short. And I think last year when he was that hot and everything was going his way, that's one thing. But if you're 30 yards behind everybody and everything's not clicking on perfect, you know, perfect cylinders, then all of a sudden, you're going to start having some bad results. He was also injured, right? Like, he had a thing on his wrist for a while, didn't he? Like, he, mm-hmm. like he's been hurt. So, uh, I think you just got to look at, it, like, Shriners, one, Wyndham, one, Scottish Open, third, like, the Amex, sixth. Like, it's, it's wedge fests and it's short, birdie-making courses. And then he's happened to just play well at the US Open, which he's done a couple of times now, like, eighth and 23rd. So, I think those those efforts when he's eighth and twenty third at the US Open are really good because I don't think he's a US Open player. So I think when he finishes eighth at US Open, he takes a lot of confidence in a week like this where he really should be out of contend. Yeah, I have not bet or played Tom Kim once this entire season, and I'm going to be doing both this week. I have not either. I've been very anti Tom Kim. Um, Me too. Even when he, when people were betting him winning on him, I was a bit like, the number's too short now. It's because I was betting him at like 50 to 1 to win like the Saudi International last year and stuff. Like, it, it was just, I just remember those days. And now I think the, the 60 to 1 of it is that you can get on him and, and the 8 1 price is actually the right thing now. Yeah, I agree. Best player of the week is Russell Henley. I don't think we're going to be alone in saying that, unfortunately. Um, but he, what is he? He was, fifth, he was 14th last week at the US Open. He's been 16th at Colonial Memorial. He missed the cut at the PGA, but before that, he was 19th at the Players and the Heritage and 4th at the Masters. Um, his record here is great. 6th, 11th, 19th and 32nd. But it's all like, this is his hidden format that I love to speak about. So on debut in 2016, he was the 36th hole leader and 2nd going into the final round. Two years later, he finished 6th. And again, he was in the mix, 2nd after 36 and 54 holes. And then in 2021, he was 19th, but he was actually third after 54 holes and just one shot back. So the argument is, no, he can't finish it off at this tournament. But I just think back to... But Mayakoba seems so long ago that I've forgotten about it. He literally destroyed that event. But he was unbelievable. Like he won by like six or four or something. Like he had six shot leads at the points. So yeah, yeah, no, he did. So that and the fact that he was within three of the lead at the Memorial going into the final round recently... Play really well at the US Open. That's now 14th at the US Open, 4th at the Masters. Uh, now comes to an event he really does like. And yeah, I just, I, I don't really know what else people need to see. What is he? Is it eight straight events that he's gained strokes with his irons? Um, mm-hmm. I had it written down earlier. Um, nine straight events. And his short games look really good in that span as well. So it, it, is, his, it is his um driver that's causing issues. And I think it's probably missed a bit that like strokes gain off the tee is relatively important here. It has been over the past, but I think he can overcome. Like I think as long as you're confident about golf, of course, when you go to it, you can overcome these 
these problems with off the tee games. So I love it. I, I think everything about Russell Henley, you know, looks like a contention to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got to address, I did publicly say to you that neither of those things were happening in the Wyndham, Wyndham Clark winning and Russell Henley uh, winning yeah. this week. And I said that wasn't happening and then Wyndham won. So maybe that means that Russell Henley is going to win too. Um, and to be honest with you, yeah. When I uh, when I woke up this morning, I, I thought he was going to be like 40 to 1. I got a 70 on FanDuel and I bet that it's now it's down to like 40. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I got in on that. And, uh, you know, I, you definitely put him on my radar yesterday, too. So um, and there's not everything you said is true. There's not much not to like about him. Um, six point, And, you know, he's been good in his irons for five, six straight, like you said. But what I really see is just the last two, 6.4 and 7.1. Like that's bringing this to another level. Um, 16th and 14th, that's some longer courses. Now he's going to a shorter course. He's been, he, played, he was fourth of the Masters. Like he's had a really good year. Um, missed the cut of the PGA Championship. But other than that, he's been great. That was just one of those weeks where he's, his putter is going to completely bite him in the ass, which it did. But And that could happen again, as, as it's always a risk to do with him. But um, yeah, great price. You know, ownership's going to get out of control. I do think at some point we've got to mix in some guys who might not be high owned because I think Tom Kim and Henley are going to be two of the more high uh, guys on the slate. So is Cantlay. Uh, so, but yeah, great play. Well, what's going to happen with Harris English's ownership this week? That's a good question. I, uh, um, because it, because if, if people, everyone goes to Henley and they go to, I mean, Mulea will be popular as being top five. I think Connors is always generally quite popular when he's in these kind of ranges. Bradley's got some form here. If it disperses a little bit, I'd be interested in English. The only concern with me is he's lost an approach the last couple of events. Yeah. But when you think of him, like, I guess that's how he's going to win him. Like, it, it, uh, it was so good for his putter last week. Um, but he did. he's gained off the tee marginally the last three events, and he gained really well with his irons at Colonial, Quail Hollow, and the PGA, like mm-hmm. even in the missed cut. So, I mean, his... Like he was, he was gonna be my first bet. I just, I just got more infatuated as I went along with like Henley and Tom Kim, so I just didn't really have the room to just keep going with people. But he, he's back English. He's whatever he is, whether he's limited or not, he's back to what he is. So seventh, twenty-fifth, first, and nineteenth at this golf course is, you know, it's what you make of it. Is I, I think he's got a really good chance and. He was second at the halfway mark last year when defending. He was second at the halfway mark when he finished seventh. He was second after round one when he finished 25th. Like, he's consistently in the mix, and he's won it. Yeah, yeah. I was on it when he when he won. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. And I, I followed him around on, um, like, Friday. I tell the story a couple of times, but he was not receptive to fans whatsoever. Did not, <laughs> want, to be, did not want to be looked at. Didn't want you to say good job to him. Um so he's kind of that guy is about his business and it actually makes sense. I think what he got a hole in one uh, recently and he's like barely, barely acknowledged it. Um, so the, I guess to play devil's advocate at, U, at the U S open, when he finished third and then he won travelers the next week, he gained almost five strokes on approach that week at the U S open. Yeah. Um, this time it was, you know, it's his irons really haven't been good. Like you mentioned, uh, does he win this twice in three years? Probably not, but does he play well? Uh, he was deep in the mix yesterday you know but that but that's what i mean like i think you're you're making my point is that like the reason i went off him is because of his irons and you're you're pointing out that he was really good with his irons the week before at pebble beach and then when you like going from pebble beach to the travelers makes an awful lot more sense than going from la country club to the travel to travelers yeah i think that was tory pines right yeah same thing sorry pines sorry sorry yeah um yeah same thing uh yeah i i'm I'm on the fence. I mean, if, if he's not incredibly popular, I'll play him. I, I think he can play fine. I don't think he's going to win. No, I don't, which is obviously why I didn't bet him in the end. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, just thinking he's a decent pivot. Um, Jaeger's got some, you know, Ye- like Jaeger, Harmon, and Minwoo I think are going to be re- relatively popular in this range as well. Yeah. Um, Jaeger, Harmon, and Minwoo Lee. Harmon definitely will be, uh, for good reason, he's... I think he's first here in strokes gain total at, at TPC River Highlands. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, so he, uh, he, he makes sense, but I do think he, his popularity might get out of control. Yeah. Look, I'll just give my spill on memory and it's very, 
narrative trendy pace, but 2019, Ches Revy, third at the US Open at Pebble Beach, comes back a week later and wins here. Two years later, Harris English, as we just referenced, third at the US Open at Torrey Pines, wins here. Uh, Minwoo Lee, fifth at the Californian US Open, can contend here, I think. Going back to what I mentioned earlier about that um, Scottish Open, um, Matt, where he won, that, he won that in 2021, and then a year later, Xander wins it, Cantley finishes fourth, speak tenth. Uh, so a lot of crossover between players there. And then his best performance in the States so far has been a sixth of the players where he was second going into the final round. So he's got the Pete Dicer. So I think there's definitely some value in backing Mimbu Lee, but I've done it from a betting perspective at 81 because a million people could have that ticket and I don't care. Um, if it gets out of control here, then you've got to start looking at other people in this range, which I don't know where you go, like Benny Ann, Jaeger. Yeah, yeah, uh, all good points on him. I'm I'm unsure. Just course fit. He just doesn't sh- jibe with the guys who. Um, but it, but it feels won. very Thigala ish. Yeah, it does. It does. And Bubba, 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 Bubba's a bomber, right? He's done well. Yeah. JB Holmes, uh, second yeah. Bubba. Yep. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think there's I, just I, different ways you can play at DJ winning it. Like it, you can either be the bomber that just tears it apart, or you can be a strategic person that consistently sets it. And probably the strategic players don't make the mistakes that, you know, the conclusion of tournaments because they're just laying up and and you know giving themselves the right number. Whereas a DJ Bubba and all those kind of people have had to be completely on. Heath had to be, but I think he's he is that type of person. If he gets to the final round and He's at a course where he can do that. I think he can shoot 500 on the back nine and win it. Like he, like he gives me those kind of feelings. Um, it's just, I, I think the ownership's going to get out of control because of, you know, being on top of leaderboard at a major week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he has balls for sure. Um, a, a pivot maybe I'm thinking about would be Kucher, who has only played here once, but he finished in the top 20. Um, last week, obviously, you know, of course we're just. No, no, he's, played, he's, he's played more than that. I'll, I'll, in, so, so you've got 17th that he's played recently, but he's actually been 8th and 31st before that as well. Okay. So, so he's, um, it's better. I'm strengthening your case. And everything he says is a everything he says, uh, everything that you know he does well is a good fit for this place. I mean, he was still 19th at the Elevated Heritage this year, third at Valero. So I just think if no one plays him, he might be a guy that, you know, right at the same exact price as Harmon, he might be overlooked, and he's kind of the same guy. What about Aaron Roy in the same sort of mold? I just don't play him. I just don't play him. That's fair enough. Look, Eric Eric Cole and Austin Ekro are going to take the, the ownership at 7-3 anyway. Um, Ekro makes perfect sense. He's, his ball striking has been unbelievable. I've bet him at 250, 350 to 1, whatever. Um, the numbers you can get out there, like, unbelievable. So... 250 for him, 350 my next one. Uh, so I like him, obviously. Kitty Armour, if we link it into that Scottish thing, obviously he's won that, or finished second behind Tander in that. Um, played well in big events so far this season. One Bay Hill could be interesting. I still think Andrew Putnam's live to do something soon, and he's finished 57th, 13th, and 46th here, which is actually better than... I thought at first, like the, the 57th, he was 6th at the halfway stage. Then he was 13th, which is good in itself. 46th last year was just pretty middling. But I think he's a guy that, the way he's playing, he'd come and attack a course like this. Yeah, he's playing great. He makes a lot of sense. Um, the guys I, were, I was looking at, um, Aberg, who I just think is a great player. Like, I just think he's... I, I bet him at 120 to one, not because I think this is a great course fit or anything. I just think as long as he's triple digits, I'm going to back him a little bit because I just think he's, you know, just skill set wise. He's just, he's just a really, really, really good golfer. Um, he was gained 6.2 off the tee at the Canadian open, which wasn't an easy driving course. I just think he's so good from tee to green that um, I'm going to take a shot on him on DraftKings too. Yep. Oh, I like that. I think those type of people, but again, I think it's a bet thing. Like you do just take those people yeah. that you like. Um, I, I think he's just going to, I don't, it depends how popular it is. Like if people have got over it because it's not the Canadian Open anymore, then, then maybe it's a great thing to do. But um, what about Brendan Todd? 15th, 11th, and 30th here in three of his last five starts. 
there was a little rumour of him being a bit injured, but he was 34th at the Canadian Open, uh, where he was 6th at the halfway stage. So I think he's a decent player at 7-1. Yeah, we, I remember we were we liked him for the Canadian Open, but we were nervous because he withdrew during the fourth round yeah. of the previous of previous event. But it looks like he's healthy. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably going to be a good drafting play. He's lost putting in two strokes uh, lost strokes spotting in two straight events, which is odd. Uh, Justin Saw, I'm really, really high on this week. Is that just just purely talent upside, or you like him for the course as well? I think it should be a course fit. I mean, the Ches Reeves of the world, like, isn't he, he's a shorter hitter, but um, I think that that's not going to hurt him here. Uh, the Brian Harmons, he's like a short game kind of specialist, good putter. He, uh, it's funny, I, I tried to take him on in round three, I think it was, like, because he was paired with Harmon, and basically, Sir, I, I figured out, Sir has never improved his position when he's been inside, so he's been inside the top 12 in, like, four or five events on the PGA Tour, and whenever he's got to the weekend, he's always gone backwards, so there's obviously a steep learning curve for him to make, but yeah. it's coming, it's coming at some point, and when you look six at it, six of the players, eight for the Shriners, this is the Tom Kim mold of player, right? Um, 16th at Colonial, shorter birdies you can make there. Uh, I, I can see it. I definitely can see it. I just probably, again, it doesn't really matter, does it? At 7-2, you're not expecting to win anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think him and Brendan Todd made perfect sense. Yeah, I did bet a 180-1. to one, um, which That's quite that's quite big, I think. I think that's actually yeah. too long, considering the consistency that he's been showing. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I just didn't get that far, because my bombs are way beyond that. But... Um, no, I and like one, it. One of my favorite plays on the whole board is in the 7K, at the bottom of the sevens. Um, and that is CT Pan at 7K flat. I just think, uh, and I bet him at 350 to 1 on FanDuel this morning. Uh, it's, I think that's been created a bit. But, uh, I mean, what's not to like? He's come back and played a couple events. His last two, he was fourth at Byron Nelson, third at the Canadian Open. He's gained 8.7 and 9.2 strokes from Tita Green in those two starts. He's won at um, uh, Wyndham or Heritage, Heritage, and he's Heritage, second, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's been second at Wyndham. Uh, eight. He's he finished eighth here in 2017. Um, it just seems like, you know, he's. It just seems like this is a perfect course for him. Well, look, the players we talked about, he's beaten Matt Kuchar. By a stroke, you know, I think about JJ Spawn would have been pretty good. What's happened to JJ? Is he like dead or something? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. He's obviously injured, but like he, Kata- he's Kadira has yeah. uh, played well here at Heritage and he finished second to, I don't know if it was the year he won of the year, um, Snedeker won. Well, no, Kadira yeah. beat uh, Siwoo in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he, but um, CT's played well at, was it him and Snedeker that year? At Wyndham, are you thinking? Yeah, at Wyndham, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, maybe. But he almost won it. Yeah. I, he, remember he had his wife on the bag, and he kind of sprayed a drive on 18 into the into the woods to the right. I was, on his, I was on him at the Canadian Open. He was like 175 to 1, and he's finished third and gone to 350 to 1. I get that there's like a strength of field, but like it's just like, what do you do? Like he's he keeps going in the right direction. So, yeah, that's one that I haven't. For some reason, I've just got so caught up in four or five players this week. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of people I haven't actually given this kind of look for. And one of them, Bo Hostler, 24th last time at the Memorial. Uh, he was a runner-up at this golf course in the past, I believe. Um, second and tenth he's been here. He could be interesting. And then Will Gordon, I really like. Um, he just feels like the what Austin Eckroat was before Austin Eckroat coming along. Like he was third here when he was playing off of a... Um, sponsored exemption, I think. He shot second round 62, final round 64 to finish uh, third. And then didn't do great when he came back the next year, but he wasn't playing well. But all of a sudden, he seems to be he seems to be in the mix again a little bit. Uh, 18th last time out at the Canadian Open. He was also 52nd at Colonial, but he was 25th going into the final round. Um, Byron Nelson, he shot two 67s. Mexico, he was fourth after 36 holes, fifth after 54, finished 24. So I think Will Gordon's slowly coming back into some really good form um, relative to where Will Gordon sits in the scale of PJ Tour players. Um, 
and that makes a lot of sense to me at 7-1. It feels like we're going to forget about players like Will Gordon because the Austin recruits are doing what they do, but he was great with his irons at, um, in Canada and Colonial, so I think he's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, for me, I'm, I, I put a star next to Lucas Herbert, and I know he's been really, really bad uh, this year, but whenever he's done really well on the PGA Tour, it's come from nowhere. Like, I don't think he's the type who needs to be in great form to spike. He just can get a hot week. Like, when he won Bermuda, he missed five of his six cuts prior to that. And um, and then missed the cut, missed the cut again. Like, I just think because he's so reliant on his puttering and short game that I don't think it really matters um, how he's really playing completely. He was 19th here in his only start uh, in 2021. So I just think he could be a contrarian play. I'm starting to feel better about this Scottish Open comp. Um, Doug Gim, sixth at the Players, fifth at the Amex. He was 11th here after 36 holes before. Finished 16th at the Scottish Open. He's been 19th and 12th his last, or 27th, 19th, 12th his last three starts. Yeah, Gim. it makes sense. I yeah, like I, Gim at six nine. Did you mention the Players connection too with the Pete Dye? Yeah, yeah, sick. Okay, yeah. Um, I was just looking What's, at his page while you were talking. Um. Yeah, I like Gim. That makes some sense. So Gim's there for me, 6'9". JJ Spawn's actually in 6'9". That's interesting. Hubbard's going to be relatively popular, I think. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, I think, is always okay at 6,800. But the MVP of this range has got to be Chez, right? Yeah, I love Chez. Um, he's, you told me you bet him this morning. I bet him this morning. It was a 350 right when I woke up. I don't know if it's there anymore. But... 25th last week and he gained almost five strokes on approach and this is his probably favorite course on tour yep but he had 11th place he had sixth at the texas open 11th at the heritage either side of the masters and then he's gone 40th 40th 50th 25th but he shot back 928 at the canadian open tied for the lowest nine hole score this season uh he was seventh after round one at colonial 12th after round two He's just coming, like he's gained strokes uh, on the greens in nine straight, nine straight events, which is big for him. And he's been 17th for the PGA and 8th for the Canadian Open, so the strokes going to approach. As you said, favourite course, probably. Um, since he's won, 46th, 25th, and 8th at this course, 11th many moons ago as well. For, and, and it came at that time when he was third at the Pebble Beach. So I, I think it all lines up really well for Reeve. It's not going to be a it's not going to be a hot take by any means, but um, yeah, I like a lot of what I've seen from him. Yeah, I, I, I think he, you know, I think he can play really, really well. Um, popularity, another guy who's popular will probably get out of control. We'll see how that goes, but you know, in just yeah. of play, we like it. Um, I don't think you need to go much further than six, seven, six, six. I feel like if you are, you're trying to force two of the guys in that we haven't really liked so i'm interested to see how kevin new comes back after his injury he was gaining a lot of strokes off the tee earlier in the season he's played some of these kind of like bermudas sony open pebble beach sanderson you know really well so i feel like he could be an interesting pick here just don't know if i can trust him straight after coming back from injury carson young in a bit of a bounce back spot six five um yeah i think that's probably i don't know that there's anyone that far down i haven't got as far as kind of six two six threes kevin kisner loves his golf course but he's dead um yeah you got um yeah. thor bjornsson here 6800 uh fourth year last year hasn't been playing that great this year but so far i mean his last couple of starts but seems like the golf course he's from the northeast so maybe that is good for him i might play a little bit a little bit of him um and then Kramer Hickok is like 6,200. He's been terrible this year, but he got to that playoff with with Harris English. I don't know if he's something to look at or not. Didn't he do something recently, though, Hickok? Like, I I put him up like first-round leader like a few weeks ago or something. So there must have been a reason for it. Uh, I, hope, I hope there was a reason for it. He was 21st at the Charles Schwab and missed the cut at the Canadian. But he's, he hasn't been – yeah, he hasn't been that bad. Yeah, 20, the 21st was at – that was at Colonial where I did the first round lead a bit. So it must be just he liked that part of the world. It must just be like the time of year or something. But he's been like 44 for the players, 45 for the basketball, 46 for the credit. Like, he's making cuts where he knows he can make cuts. I always find it funny. Russell Knox is like 6K flat on a course that he's actually won at. Um, people used to bet that guy every week. Hmm. I think that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me. Cool. 
let's just summarise our picks then. We don't need to go any further. So 10K and above, I think we're both in agreement that Cantley is our guy. Yeah, absolutely. 9K. The answer is Tommy Fleetwood, but I just don't know if he can win. Um, yeah, he's, he's my favourite. 8K, I am going with... Well, I guess we're both on Tom Kim, so we kind of want to pick out maybe a different one in addition. I'll go with the two Kims, Tom Kim and Sebu Kim. I'll go Hideki, Hideki and Tom. Yeah. Uh, 7K, we both obviously love Russell Henley. But we've had a couple of decent picks in here, I think. Obviously, we know we liked Austin Ekro. Um There was a couple of different things that we did. We mentioned at the top, Minwoo Lee, Harris English, we discussed that. But I think it was actually our guys at, at the bottom here, Matt, that we liked. CT Pan for you, 7K. Brendan Todd, Will Gordon, 7-1. Justin Sir, I like a lot. Justin Sir, 7-2. Aberg, I want to play. Yeah, 7K range, I like a lot. So I think, you know, especially since we're not jamming in Scotty, Rory, Rom, like we can finish with two guys in low seven to be perfectly fine. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I think if you're if you're getting down into the six K, you've got problems. But like six, seven, Ches Reeve, yeah, I really like. Yeah. Um, and who did you say? Um, I had Herbert there just as a, as a pivot, Thor Bjornsson yeah. a little bit. But Reeve's the guy. I mean, he's the guy. I just think he's going to be – if he, he pushes 20%, I don't know what I'm going to do. Still going to play him. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't really find – Mackenzie Hughes, I like a six eight as well. Um, yeah, me too. Think. I don't think people need to be told that. Um, Matt, another week done. Consistency as always. Um, we shall see how it goes a week after a major, but I feel quite confident about this week, definitely from a betting perspective. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I'll be there, so if any listeners here are there, uh, let me know. We can grab a beer together and, and uh, watch some golf. <laughs> don't talk to me, Harris English treatment. That's what I thought yeah, you were going to say. Yeah, do not. That's right. Uh, no, go and, go and wave to Matt and tell him how much you love the podcast. All right, um, sounds good. Thanks, Matt.